Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back, <clears throat> maybe 20 years. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. They need you, but they can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I am so grateful you're here. Today, we are talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, um, and something that I see often on websites. So I do a lot of website reviews with my um, story brand training. It's innate to me to go and look at people's websites. And I am shocked and appalled to let you know how many websites I see that have a opt-in form that says, uh, get weekly updates or download our newsletter or sign up for our newsletter or something like that. And the reality folks is nobody wants your newsletter. And so we're gonna dive into that topic today, but before we get started on that, I did wanna take a couple of minutes and address a couple of things that have shifted with this podcast. So as you may have noticed um, in iTunes, the name of the podcast has changed. So it was formerly the Feed You Podcast. I used that um, podcast for a really long time and the content of the podcast really isn't changing. It's just that I am addressing a more specific audience, which is something I tell you all to do. So the name of the podcast has been changed to the Second Act Entrepreneur Podcast, and it's really addressing um, entrepreneurs who have had a full-on corporate career or a full-on career in some capacity professionally and are ready to dive in and have started a co coaching or consulting business and need marketing help. And so we're still going to talk about marketing and mindset, but we're going to partner that with our passions and our profits. So I hope you will stay tuned if that still applies to you. Um, but most specifically, we're going to be talking about sales funnels, email marketing, and um, some mindset. Because if you don't have your mind in the right place, you're going to have a hard time getting getting to the successful um, finish, line that, finish line that you have in your sites. So that's a little bit of housekeeping going on. You can still find us on your favorite platforms, um, podcasts, or podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, um, Spotify, all the places. So if you have subscribed already, then you will know that you can find us over there. And if you're new, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here. And we talk once a week about marketing mindset and connecting all of that to our passions and profits. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, I see so many people have on their website, and this is a design flaw, um, because most web designers, God love you, don't design websites for profit. And so when we are looking at them from a perspective of your website should be your 24-7 marketing machine, um, most web designers don't look at the websites that way. And I know this because I've been doing web design for, oh my gosh, 15 or 16 years now. I, it's There's a lot of math there. Um, and I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know until you don't know it or until you know it. And so once I went through some training and some specifically training around um, creating sales funnels and I started building sales funnels for people, it became very apparent that when your website is 
designed and created to drive profits, that's exactly what it does. When your website is designed to showcase you and how cute you are and your beautiful branded pictures, all you get is a bunch of likes from people who already know you. And that's just the whole cold hard truth of it. Um, And that goes even across to corporations because when you have a profitable website, um, you're designing your website with the customer in mind. And so when we ask people to sign up for our newsletter, we're basically saying, sign up for a way for me to get um, in front of you every week and talk about my stuff. And that's not really how profitability or relationships are built. And so I wanted to address it today um, because I see this so often, so many people and um, a quick little addition I'm gonna throw in here because it just came to mind is that um, when you have, when you're trying to add people to your email list, and we're gonna talk about some ways to do that, um, the less, the least amount of information you can collect increases the probability that people will actually sign up. So the other thing that I see with these forms is that you have a contact form and that you want, they want you to put in your name and your phone number and your address and your email and like, on and your first burn child's blood type, you know, on and on and on. And most people just aren't going to share that information with them, with um, whoever is asking for it because they don't know you yet. It's not like if you go to a networking event and you meet people and you start building that in-person relationship, when you're building an online relationship, it works very differently. It takes more time for them to get to know and trust you. It takes more time for you to build the relationship because you're not in front of them. And so when we ask people to sign up for our newsletter, we are more than likely thinking about it from the perspective of, hey, they know me, they wanna be on my newsletter and they're gonna sign up. And most of the time, those newsletters don't work unless you've had an in-person contact with somebody prior to asking them. And so the one example that I can think um, that the newsletter situation usually works really well for is I have a client who owns a brick and mortar shop. She, she does crafting, craft supplies. <clears throat> and I've talked about her before on the show. And Liz has a really good um, conversion rate on her newsletter because more often than not, the people that are signing up for a newsletter have already come into the store. And so for her, it's a little bit different, but I still um, am trying to convince her (laughs) to do something a little bit different. So we'll see. Because at the end of the day, marketing is testing. Like there's no um, one size fits all solution to your marketing. And if somebody tells you there is, then um, they either don't know what they're doing or they're lying to you because you really don't know until you put it to the test with your potential clients, your customers, and the people that you wanna work with. So why are the reasons nobody wants your newsletter? Well, we kind of talked about some of them, but the big one is, is consumers are smart. They are more educated and more um, aware of what happens when they hand out their information. As you know, if you open your email in the morning, I think the latest statistic I, I read was the average person gets 119 emails a day, which is insane, 119. And that's if you have one email account. And so we probably lose track of that because some of those go to spam and some of those we just automatically delete and some of those we just leave in our inbox. Like I looked at my aunt's phone the other day and I about had um, a coronary because um, 
she has like 872 emails she's never read. I'm like, oh my God, I would just go in and select all of them and delete it because I couldn't, it would give me a panic attack to look at that number on my phone every day. And so because consumers are smarter, your customers and your potential customers are smarter, they know that if they exchange their email address with you, they open up the very likely possibility that they're going to continue to get email from you and they have to really want it. And so it isn't like it was say seven or eight years ago where the average consumer wasn't aware that they were gonna be blasted by email or they were not quite as inundated as they are now. And so they were more willing to you know, trade that information. But another statistic I recently read was that your email address is almost as protected by people as their social security number because they just don't want to hand it out to just anybody. And so you have to earn the right for, um, to ask them for their email address and for them to give it to you. And so because they're smart and they don't have a lot of time and they don't want to filter through 192 messages every day or more, um, their time is like everybody else's a precious asset. We seem to have more technology and less time and, they don't want to be distracted more than they already are. And so you have to work even harder to number one, get them on your list and show them in advance that you're going to provide them value. So they want to be on your list and then deliver on that so that they continue to open your emails. And those are three things that usually don't happen. And so you're going to see in upcoming episodes, when we start diving into this a little bit deeper, um, most people, won't do all three of those or any, even just one of those three. And so I wanna encourage you right now to think about a way that you could get people on your email list in your business that is different than sign up for my newsletter because that's kind of a cop-out at this point. I'm just gonna call a spade a spade. If you have a form on your website that says sign up for my newsletter, that's a cop-out and your customers and potential customers can see right through it. And so, what <clears throat> what happens in a newsletter? That's that's the second piece of this puzzle is most people send out a newsletter and they include in there, depending on how often they send it out, once a week, once a month, once a quarter, everything that's going on in their business. And this is, I'm gonna pick on Liz for just a minute because um, she does send out a newsletter. And one of the things that she does in there is she um, encapsulates the entire month of events. And most people, when they get an email, are one, opening it on their phone. And so if it isn't mobilized for your phone and you aren't getting to the point on the first screen and they have to scroll, the likelihood that they're gonna continue reading if you haven't grabbed their attention is slim to none. They're just gonna pop out, think I'll go back to it later, and then they just delete it because they never go back. Um, <clears throat> and you have seven seconds, which is less than the attention span of a goldfish, to grab the attention of whoever it is you're trying to talk to and get your point across. <clears throat> now that isn't always easy and it's something that comes with practice. Um, but when you are intentional about it and you start writing and creating emails and when you send them out from the perspective of, hey, what can I give versus what can I get? Um, it's gonna shift everything for you. So, when you are creating that newsletter, when you say, hey, sign up for my newsletter, that immediately says to the brand of your customer, oh, great, they're going to send me a barrage of 
sales emails. Because to the average consumer, a newsletter simply means you talking about yourself. And here is a little newsflash, which I'm sure you have heard before here or otherwise, but your customers don't care about what you sell. They really don't. And if you don't accept that and embrace it, you're going to always struggle with marketing. So what do I mean by that? They don't need what you have. Let's look at McDonald's. Nobody needs a hamburger. What they need is to satisfy their hunger. Their problem is they're hungry. And so McDonald's satisfies the need, some would say, by giving them a hamburger or chicken nuggets or whatever it might be. And so the real reason that people go to McDonald's isn't because they're like, hey, I want a hamburger. The real reason is that they're hungry. So let's look at another example. Contact lens wearers do not go and purchase contacts because they want to see better. Typically. Typically, they go purchase contacts because they're sick of their glasses fogging up. They want to participate in some sort of sport, like maybe skiing or running or whatever, without their glasses glasses popping around on their head. Um, and they, you know, and they do want to see better, but they don't specifically go out to to purchase contacts because of their vision. They already have glasses that can correct their vision. Um, but contact lens wearers have specific reasons that they want to go purchase contacts. And so um, it could be something as simple as they want to wear sunglasses in the car and they are sick of trading out their glasses for sunglasses. And so when we look at our own business and we're delivering value, and this includes every piece of your marketing. So um, I want to make sure that we really talk about this because when you can address a specific problem, that your people are coming to you for. So one of the problems that I run into in my business is that people don't know what to say in their emails. They don't know what to write. They have um, writer's block every time they go and sit down at the keyboard. And so one of the things that I do with them is go through this exercise. Well, it's not about you. It's about like, what are the problems you're hearing from people that you've either worked with or that you, um, you know, that you're hearing in your industry And how can you address one of those in your email? And how can you draw that in with a story? And so those are the things that are going to make your newsletter stand out that people are going to look forward to reading it. And um, that it's going to shift the focus of the direction you're coming from. So you become the giver, the the authority in the industry, you build um, rapport with them and you build trust with them. And people will then think of you, you will stay top of mind with them because you've always been giving it forward. And so one of the things that I find with, speaking of email, one of the things that I find with most of my clients and other entrepreneurs is that even if they do have a free download, where they drop the ball most often is they deliver the free download and then you don't ever hear from them again unless they're selling something. And that doesn't build relationship. And so more often than not, people rush the sales cycle, which as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you definitely cannot do in an online capacity. And so what I created for you guys, I have a new um, guide for you guys to help with this. And so this guide is actually called writing a welcome email series that works. Because I have so many people that say, okay, I only send one email or they, they don't know what to write in the emails, number one. 
Um, and so this guide will walk you through what should be in each of the emails, how many you should send, how um, often you should send them. Recommendations, of course, you have complete ability to change that up for your own business. But um, I just thought it was really important to provide a guide because most people deliver, you know, whatever that free asset is if they're at that point. And then they never send anything again until they're ready to sell. And so this new guide, you can go and reach, you can go and download your free copy. Um, and it is pretty uh, extensive. There's a lot of information in there because I think it's really important to give you a leg up in the world of email marketing. So go grab your copy of this new guide. It's gonna walk you through how to create those first five to seven emails. You can whip them out in an afternoon. If you um, dedicate a little time to them, they'll go really quickly. And then um, you will have those set up in your email service provider, whether that's uh, ConvertKit, which is my personal favorite, or Active Campaign, which is my second favorite, or Kajabi. Um, there's other ones out there. Those are the ones that I recommend depending on your business um, size, but really ConvertKit gives you so much cap um, so much functionality for the money that it's really my go-to um, recommendation. So that being said, where can you find this guide? Well, you can head on over to alisaconner.com, A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash email guide, all one word. And you can download that, it's a free guide, feel free to print it out. There's room to actually write your emails in the guide. Um, and then I also created it so that you could click on it as a PDF and type your emails in there as well. So I always, always, always recommend if you're, <laughs> if you're writing emails to create them in a Word or Google Doc and then copy and paste them over. Because if you don't, and something happens and you don't say, for example, hit save, all that work you put into your email is gonna disappear. <laughs> we don't want that. So um, anyway, go grab that again, alisaconnor.com forward slash email guide, and that's gonna help you get started with your email sequence. So let's dive back into what can you do instead of adding people to your newsletter? Well, the first thing is, is you've gotta come up with some kind of piece of content um, or solution that gives your customers a mini win. And what I mean is that a lot of people will create an ebook or they'll create a video or whatever, but they never really give them, um, give the people that they're adding to their list any value or anything that they can act on and see that, heck yeah, this works. I wonder what else they have. Um, and so that's where things go wrong. If you don't have a guide or you don't have a video series or you don't have something that's actually giving people results, it's really hard to build the trust factor. And so the first thing you can do is create a unique piece of content that um, really gives your customers a quick win. And so that could be something as easy as a checklist. Like maybe you have a checklist for a process that you complete in your business um, and they, um, you know, can apply it and see a result. Another great uh, mechanism for this is a quiz. And you see like quizzes on Facebook and other social media platforms do exceptionally well because people have a need for immediate fulfillment. And so they don't have to wait. They get their quiz result, they can read up on whatever, whatever they're taking the quiz on and um, they can then take whatever they learn from the quiz and go apply it to their life. Or if it's just for fun, they can have a good laugh and share it with friends. But it's a great way to deliver value in just a quick little blurb. And I'm not, I'm not recommending you give away the farm because one 
Um, people aren't going to pay attention if you try to, and they'll be overwhelmed and they just won't take any action. And two, um, that's what you get paid for. So come up with something that gives them a quick win that's unique to you, unique to your industry, and then offer that as a way for people to opt in um, and, and get it. So if you're doing a quiz, you want them, you want to gather their information um, before you give them their results. Or if you are doing a free download, you want to gather that before you deliver the free download. And so that starts to build your email list. And so that is step one. Step two is, is then you want to take the time behind the scenes to filter out um, the interest areas of your users. And there are several ways to do that. You can do that based on the material you're pre presenting to them. So for example, if you're, um, you're an executive coach that focuses on leadership, maybe you have a specific resource that you give them that focuses on team building. And so um, then you would want to tag those people as they are interested in team building because they downloaded this resource. And I'm not going to go into do that into all of uh, the behind the scenes of how to do that. That's something I teach in my course, but um, it would definitely be beneficial to you in the long run to um, start tagging and segmenting those people. And so I came up with a couple examples just so you can get an idea of what that looks like. So let's go back to the example of Liz who owns the craft store. She has multiple craft supplies that she sells for different crafts. So there's knitting and there's card making and there's quilting and there's um, paper crafts and there's scrapbooking. There's, I'm trying to think of all the ones she has in there, but each of those have a different interest area. A quilter is not necessarily going to be interested in card making. And so if she were utilizing her email and created a, you know, five quilt blocks, you can create in an afternoon freebie. She would want to tag the people that downloaded that as quilters so that when she was having a sale on quilt fabric, for example, she could send it directly to them knowing that those are the people that are most interested in quilting without ever even having to ask them. It was simply because she t was thought through her strategy enough to know that I should tag people that are interested in quilting because then I can market directly to them and give them what they want, not sending them a blast email newsletter that has the sales for everything in the store. Or if you're running a specific sale for, um, you know, for fabric, they want to see that or thread, they want to see that. And so you see the big companies do this. You probably just haven't paid attention to it because it seems so natural. Well, it's something you can do in your business too. <clears throat> so let's look at coaching. So in the coaching world, you could be focused on things like mindset, business foundations, leadership, things like that. And so, as I mentioned before, if you had a leadership resource tool that you were going to have them download, like maybe a checklist to work through with your team, then the people that downloaded that are definitely interested in building their team and focusing on their team and creating a more um, impactful team and things like that with our leadership skills. Well, if you tag them as team builder, then the next time you were running a promotion about team building, or you wanted to address them with an email that talked about your services and team building, you know, if you send it to them, it's highly likely that they're going to be more interested versus if you sent them something about mindset and they had no interest in that. It's just like, that is like slamming um, egg at the wall and hoping something sticks. And so I guess egg does stick at the wall. That was not a, not a great analogy, but you guys know what I mean. So, it's super powerful for you to start tagging those subscribers and a tool like ConvertKit makes it easy for you to do that. 
Um, but it gives you a lot of insight into what your people are interested in and what uh, is resonating with them. And so if you have a bunch of people download that or click on a link in your, um, say your email series that has to do with team building, then you know you're onto something and that's gonna appeal to other people in your industry. So it's a great way to test things as well without putting a bunch of effort into creating a bunch of content that nobody wants. So that's number two is to segment your email list and subscribers and um, begin to think about how you can customize your email content to fit those people. And then the, the, the third reason, which is why I created that free resource that you can go grab at alisaconnor.com forward slash email guide is that only 2% of sales are made with the first contact. So that means 98% of people are not gonna buy from you with one contact. Yet, I can count on one hand the number of people that send more than one email with their free download. And the reason that that is so crucial is that you, by creating that email series using that guide, you've already set yourself so far apart from your competition that you're immediately gonna stand out in your audience's eyes as somebody who is care, who cares about their problem, who cares about what's going on with them and had enough intention to actually follow up with them more than once. So on the um, report I was reading that gave me that 2% number, I had some other numbers I wanted to share with you. 56% of buyers when they encounter you are not ready to buy which means the longer you can stay in front of them, you can keep providing them value and giving um, information to them about what you do, that when they are ready, they're going to remember you. And then the other 40% are ready to move, but they just don't trust you enough yet to purchase. So that's where you get that 2%. Um, and those numbers are, I don't, there was another 2% in there, but I don't know exactly um, where that went. So. That was in a study I read from, um, oh darn, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was from a sales uh, sales company that did research on different buyers. And then um, the other component of creating that sales funnel with your email is that you have to think about spam and I'm gonna have some episodes coming up talking about the spam folder, but 16% of your emails will end up in spam. And there are some definite tips and tricks to not only keeping those out of the spam folder, but what to do if they are ending up in the promotions or spam folder. So stay tuned to those episodes they are coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, and it's gonna be a two part series. The first one I'm gonna talk about headlines and the second one is gonna talk about the tech. Um, but most importantly for, for the, the wrap up of this episode is to think about buyers in the perspective of the more specific content you can deliver to them, the quicker they're going to make a buying decision, which is why I encourage you in step number two to segment and tag your subscribers because the quicker you can get them to realize you understand where they are and then how you can help them get from where they are to where they want to be, the quicker they're going to purchase from you. So that is the wrap up. I'm gonna just whip through the, those three steps of what to do instead so you have a recap of those um, and you can take notes, but you can always find all the notes over on my, the podcast page of my website, which is alisaconner.com forward slash um, forward slash podcast. I think about where I had that for a minute. 
Um, and specifically for this episode, it will be under 128. So if you just type in elisaconnor.com forward slash 128, you will see the show notes for this episode. And then you don't have to write them all down. But number one was to create a unique piece of content and add value and give them a quick win. And number two is to segment your email subscribers so that you know their specific interest areas. And number three is to follow up with them with more than one email. Most people send one to three max. And you are um, gonna go ahead and download my free guide at elisaconnor.com forward slash email guide and get five to seven opportunities to get in front of them and share your knowledge, skills, and capabilities so that they trust you and want to move forward. So thanks again for tuning in this week. I so appreciate you always being here. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I would love for you to share it with a friend. It makes all the difference in the world. Um, And then like and subscribe at your favorite platform of podcasting. In the meantime, may you be profitable, purposeful, and fulfill your legacy. See you soon. Take care. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconner.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.